podcast for filthy casuals by filthy casuals. Hi everyone and welcome to Flashpoint episode 140, recorded Sunday 30th of September. I'm your host David Holloway and joining me firstly is a man who gargles rather than drinks at the Fountain of Knowledge. How are you Simon? I'm fine David and I I, I always gargle because uh, if I need fluids I just absorb it through the osmotic membrane on, in the middle of my back like most of my species does also i was taught never swallow and i never swallow anything <laughs> we're leaving it right there <laughs> i like it though but yeah it's good good to um have you back and uh we also have a man who has van gogh's ear for music how are you ben yeah i'm pretty good man i'm pretty good and i'll have you know i've actually had uh guitarist american singer songwriter lizzie hale from bands like hailstorm and i think she's actually the guitarist for alice cooper as well yes, at the moment. Yes. yeah yeah uh she was messaging well she was responding to my tweets today so yeah oh, nice have you uh um, so, yeah totally as an aside have you seen the documentary um hide guns no, I can't say I have. It's it's on Netflix and it's about session musicians and um, I'm pretty sure it's her that features mm. quite heavily in it. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I, I know she's done a lot of session musician work type stuff, but yeah, no, yeah, it, was, it was actually quite hilarious. There you go. Uh, she was message, uh, writing to me on Twitter uh, last night and this morning. It was funny. Nice. Um, and I was convinced I was going to say Van Gogh, so at least I didn't do that. <laughs> All right. Almost stuffed it. That's right. <laughs> So it's been a whole four weeks since we, we last um, shot the shit around the, the table. So um, let's talk about, firstly, what we've been playing over that time. So, Simon, if you want to jump in first. Uh, well, as uh, as we were discussing in the pre-show, only available to our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, like that would be a thing. Uh, $20 a month, you can follow me on Snapchat and see my photos <laughs> of my cat. That's a full and complete life you got there, Ben. Just it is. Like me, just like me. Um, I've uh, not had a lot of time for gaming or anything else, but uh, fortunately, this weekend I have been able to play Forza Horizon Four. Uh, loving it. It's it's pretty damn awesome. Uh, also fitted a bit of Minecraft in there. Tried out a bit of the um, uh, Vigor, which is a game. Damn, I can't remember the name of the publisher, but they're the people that brought out. Shit, what was it? Was it Daisy or PUBG? Um, I can't remember. One of those. One of the games that never got finished. Uh, probably Daisy. Oh, no, it'd yeah. be um, Destiny. <laughs> oh, oh no! That that game will never be finished because it's it's a living world That's right. that wants to suck all of the money out of your bank. <laughs> um, and also, oddly enough, uh, I played a bit of the Amazing Spider-Man too because I was looking for games to take to EB to trade in to put towards Forza. And it's not a very good game, I have to say. But this is one of the pluses of um, physical media. Because of the ongoing screw fest that is um, the some of the Marvel licensing of characters, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 isn't available anymore digitally. It's only available as a physical disc, which meant it was worth a good chunk of money. So that's where physical media comes in handy. Mm. 
that game actually had a pretty decent resale value. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, so I ended up getting the ultimate edition of Forza Horizon 4 for about 44 bucks all, all oh, one year. Awesome. With my various EB bonuses and whatnot. Now, before we move on, uh, Forza Horizon 4, does, do you, I, I'm pretty sure you've mentioned before that you've been, or, you know, you spent a good chunk of time in, in Great Britain. Um, do you feel like it does it represent Great Britain pretty well, the way it's designed, especially the Scotland and Edinburgh stuff? Um, well, it, it has been a, I mean, we emigrated from the UK when I was eight mm. and of course I'm 32 now. <laughs> <laughs> you have been back there several times is my point. Uh, to, yeah, I think, you uh, I think you've mentioned it three or four times over the yeah. intervening period and I have been to Edinburgh mm. and yep. It looks like Edinburgh. I drive up to Edinburgh castle into the, uh, the sort of the, the forecourt area. Uh, nice. It's the main gates, and yeah, I looked at it, and uh, yeah, the golden. It looks, it looks like the Golden Mile. It's um, uh, haven't looked, haven't looked for um, what is it called, Holyrood Palace? But but yeah, no, it it all looks very representative. Of mm. course, uh, a bit like the Australian Forza map. It's a, a geographical nightmare. In yeah. that <laughs> no, nothing leads to nothing leads to anything it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, but but that's okay because uh, the Great Ocean Road doesn't generally lead to uh, to the Gold it's, Coast. It's so not I, normally between the Gold Coast and Byron Bay. No. No, no. <laughs> I, I thought that was a little off. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, it, it's good. And the the radio stations, which I have to admit have been my favourite part of um, of several of the last games, uh, the Forza mm. games. Uh, they are still great. The, the the prattle from the DJs is still still seems very fresh. Uh, yeah. And the the cool thing is, if you've had an achievement, or if you just bought a house, or if you just did one of the events, uh, not always immediately, but generally, you'll get some sort of commentary about the the mm. this hot new driver doing doing stuff, and he just did this. Yeah, like, I remember stuff like that with the um, in Horizon Three as well. And I yeah. always found it hilarious listening to the classical station because then the guy would be like talking about the arts and crafts and <laughs> like the baked goods and things. And then, oh, and we've got this motor festival at the Forza Horizon Festival or something. And it just felt 100% out of place. But driving around to Flight of the Valkyries is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, what was it now? Because there's, there's a couple of season um mm. And, oh, that's uh, right. Because you got the seasons. How are the seasons? How do they f- feel? They are amazing. It's yeah? it, it really makes such a difference. I've ended up driving in uh, through several places because I've only done winter and how was it autumn and winter. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to complete a certain number, complete a certain number of things to finish a season, and then more stuff unlocks after you've done the first year. Aye. But um, yeah, I've I've driven through places. And I'm like, Have I been through here before? It looks, it, yeah, it, it completely changes everything. Um, obviously, you get variations and changes. Sorry for everyone who's not interested in driving games. Um, the the vehicles have got a good amount of variation, and then of mm. course you've multiplied that by four because everything changes. Actually, I think that's a line they use in the advertising. But everything does yeah. change um, yeah. with, with the seasons, the the road conditions, the you know the just the amount of grip 
You've got even on the roads. Um, Wasn't there like something like you can drive over lakes, like they have events where you drive over lakes in winter because it's iced over or something? Yes, yes, I've um, yeah. I've I've done that, uh, and that's been that's been kind of interesting. It's really interesting just how the the cars handle differently as well because mm. um, one of the cars I picked up just I don't I probably hipster irony working for me here, but I've got a uh, an Austin Healey. Sprite, I think it's called. It's one of those funny little, very compact English uh, race cars from, oh, probably the the sixties. Oh yeah. It's it's a funny little two seater, and it, it's mm. it's the headlamps are perched on top of the hood, as opposed oh, to nice. on the on the fenders as they as they would normally be, and yeah, and that is a, it's not the fastest car, and it it really does prefer going downhill. But uh, it's it is an absolute joy to drive, and it really seems to love skipping across the frozen lake. Some of the the larger, heavier cars actually are a lot skiddier. They seem to have more trouble. I'm not sure why. Nice. Oh, yeah, I'm, I think we're going to have to. Everyone I've talked to about it, this they're giving it just rave reviews. Um, Horizon Three was fantastic. I love that game as well. Oh, it's still um, great. And I, I know you just sent. Uh, mentioned it before like to people that aren't really interested in driving games um i think you're missing out by not giving forza horizon a chance the horizon series in particular it's not your typical simulation racer it's basically you put in a world and you explore that world and you do events within that world racing events um and they have a very good uh very good learning curve i think for racing games as well i, I i'd say Forza is the best racing series there is in terms of video games at the moment. And Horizon, I think, is even better than motorsport, personally. Yeah, Horizon just has its own unique spin. Um, I mm. mean, it's not many games where you get to race the Flying Scotsman into <laughs> yeah. that. That was a new one on me. Uh, yeah. Yet to beat that damn thing, actually, because it's, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little aggressive with my driving, and sometimes I mm. like to give people a bit of a shove. So if anyone's ever come across my driver tar, I do apologize. Uh, but yes, that is the way I drive. Um, and and you, for some reason, uh, you 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 can't in your in your little go kart uh, nudge a a full size steam engine because they tend to push back. <laughs> nice. So, so my normal tactics aren't quite working. Damn physics. Uh, have you yes. run into my driver tar yet? Seeing as we're friends on Xbox. Uh, yes. Yeah, have I been an arsehole? Um, is my AI an arsehole? <laughs> like is I that am. a rhetorical question? <laughs> I'm more interested if the AI is very similar to my <laughs> how bad of an arsehole I am. <laughs> it it does seem to be very fond of just sort of trying to come around and uh, cut you off. Yeah, that's that's it. That's perfect. Yep, that's yeah. exactly how I play. Yeah, okay, so yours <laughs> is representative. Yes, yeah, so. Uh, if God help you, if you come across Ben's and my driver tire in the same race, because you're going to be screwed. You're going to have a hard time. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. Oh, God. Um, I'm glad to hear it's good, though. I really am. Yeah, awesome. it's making yeah. me want to buy it, too. I assume that's out on PS4. Uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it came out the t- same time as Spider-Man for, um, for Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And PC. Nice. I, I think to... he's taking us seriously. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you're saying. I just meant I didn't know whether Horizon Four had been released on PS4. Sorry, 
<laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's what I meant. Uh, Horizon Forza uh, series is an Xbox or Microsoft exclusive. Um, oh, it's okay. their own house publishing. So yeah, right. So, Bugger. Uh, you got a PC. You can you can play it. You can play it on PC as well. Okay. Yep. Cool. All and right. Cross play with the PC and Xbox and saves carry between the two. So yeah. Yes. Excellent. Mm. Ben, what have you been playing? Um, and, and Simon, you just did a Ben length. Um, a Ben length. What you've been playing with some help from Ben. But well, I was asking lots of questions because it sounds like it's a really good game, does. and everyone's excited great. about. Sounds mm. great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've been playing. Um, a lot of For Honor lately. Um, if you stop by my streams at all or anything like that, you'll notice that's pretty much all I've streamed in the last, I don't know, two, three weeks. Uh, there's been one Destiny stream in that sort of time period, but other than that, it's been all For Honor. Um, I've fallen in love with this game. I've gone down the rabbit hole. Uh, the combat is fantastic. Um, and I, I'm at that point now where while I'm playing or if I'm fighting someone, I can say, okay, that's where I went wrong or that's why I lost and I know how to counter that moving forward. Um, so it, I'm, I'm at that point where I know enough of the mechanics that I'm learning from mistakes and getting better. Um, so, yeah, it's been really – it's it's strange thing with fighting games. When you get to that sort of point with – if you're practicing enough in that fighting game, you just get to that one point where it's just like, I get it now. And I learn, you learn and you understand what you're doing wrong so much more. Um, I suppose that's been the same with any multiplayer game, though, anyway. Uh, the other two games I've been playing, um, before I let you two shit all over me, I'm going to say I played Spider-Man on the PS4, the new Spider-Man game. Everyone, if, if you've been living under a rock, there's a new Spider-Man game on PS4 made by Insomniac. These are the guys that made um, Sunset Overdrive and they've made... Uh, God, off the top of my head, I can't remember what the other one they made before that was, but it was a PlayStation exclusive as well. Um, but, man, the pairing of Insomniac and Spider-Man is a match made in heaven. The game is fantastic. Uh, would I give it perfect scores? Probably not. Um, but if you're a Spider-Man fan, you have a PS4, I highly recommend going and getting this. Um, it's it's just it's a love letter to Spidey. It really is. Um, as a big Spider-Man fan myself, I will say the story is somewhat predictable. Uh, it follows a lot of. It follows very much the bouncing ball formula of all the Spider-Man tropes that you'd expect, especially if you know a lot of the more recent Spider-Man history. Um, but in saying that, it's still a great story and a fantastic ride. Um, yeah, I, I can't recommend that game enough, even if it's just for a single playthrough and return to the store sort of thing. Mm. Um, Why did you think we'd sit uh, on you for that? It's got great reviews, and I, I'm oh no no. I, I was going to I'm going to talk about the other, the next one is what okay. you're going to shit me about. Um, I've also been playing Destiny Forsaken. Um, oh. After all the talk we've we've been giving about this game and everything like that, and I will say this: Destiny Two Year One was abysmal. Everyone knows it. We've all said it plenty of times. Um, and yeah, there's there's no denying that Destiny Year Two with Forsaken, um, they have fixed a lot of what was wrong. Um, to be honest, I there's not much I would say that is wrong at the moment. The only like things that bugging me are once you complete the main story and you get over 500 light, the grind for gear is very very real. Um, 
it's it's a lot harder to level up your gear and everything like that once you get past 500 light, which is both a good and a bad thing because it's a good thing because it extends that character on the stick, which is what everyone's been wanting for so long. But it's bad because I think they've gone too much in the grind direction. So it's not that they haven't found that balance yet into what's grind and what's chasing the carrot. Um, I don't feel like you're getting rewarded enough, especially there's been a few loot drop issues where uh, mostly a power weapon grenade launcher seems to be the only weapon that drops out in the real world Um, uh, called the Edge Transit, I believe it is. Uh, But other than that, like most of everything else has been great. Uh, Using a bow and arrow is fantastic. The single player story is really, really, really good. Um, And the difficulty there level is increased exponentially. Um, So if you haven't got a character at about 400 light when you start the story, you're going to feel some pain. Um, I, when I was playing through it, I was always a good 10 to 20 light levels below the recommended level for the uh, story encounters I was doing, um, which, to be honest, I think is actually a better way to do it because it adds some difficulty, uh, seeing as you can't put like a hard uh, setting onto the uh, combat anymore. Um, but in saying that, this is the, this expansion, this Destiny Forsaken expansion, brings the game back to what Destiny 1 was, what destiny 2 should have been at launch it's got the grind the difficultiness uh the raid itself took something like was it 19 odd hours to uh complete for the the first run through uh the difficulty in the raid apparently is far higher i haven't even been in there yet because i haven't got a crew leveled up enough yet to go um but in saying that it's the game is back to where it was when we were singing its praises during the taken king this Forsaken expansion is the Destiny 2 equivalent to Taken King. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to say, yeah, if you like Taken King, you liked everything about that game, um, yeah, you're going to enjoy this one as well. So damn you to hell not only for caving, but for now convincing me I need to cave because I've, you know, taken the high moral road. I've laughed. (laughs) I've laughed at the emails I've received from Bungie. Mm. And now it looks like I'll be buying it tonight. Uh, look, I'll say this, like, you know, go watch some of the content or something like that. Don't jump in feet first. Um, oh, no, I will, because then that gives me something for next podcast if it's shit. Well, okay, there's that. But you also you could just jump into the game now without buying the expansion because a lot of the changes to the game yeah, true. Ha- are, are retroactive as well. So yeah. any of your older, older stuff that you were doing previously, you can still do with the new design philosophies yeah. around weapons and things like that. Which brings um, me back to a question. Sure. How much have you spent now, um, bearing in mind you bought the original base game, the mm-hmm. the two expansion passes, and for, was there something in the middle, and then and then um, okay. and Forsaken? How much? How much have you spent? Are we so- talking just D two or Destiny all up? Just just D two. Just D two. Okay. So originally I bought the I think it was the Legendary Edition on PS four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't planning on going to PC. Then I bought again. I've bought the Legendary Edition again on PC, but I did make sure I get it at a discounted rate. Um, I think I managed to get the whole lot for eighty bucks Australian for this, the PC version, and then it was one hundred and fifty because I bought it digitally on PS4 for the original. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then Forsaken, I got that disc. No, I didn't. I couldn't get that discounted digitally for PC because they weren't selling codes anywhere. So I had to right. buy it through the Battle.net store, and I, I bought the base version of it. And I hold up, give me two seconds, and I'll tell you exactly how much it was because I'll just open up Battle.net and have a quick look. I okay, mean, okay. just just off the top of my head, financially, I haven't spent as much as I did on Marvel Heroes. <laughs> well, that's always a bonus. <laughs> Mm. Um, I know there is the what do they call it the new season pass for Forsaken. Um, Forsaken has its own season pass. Yeah, they're calling it the annual pass. That's that's fifty dollars. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think I think just the game by oh just Forsaken by itself is fifty bucks from memory. Uh, it's not showing it here because it's saying I already own it, so that's why it's not telling me how much. It is. Okay, so yeah, that's a bit so, steep. See, I'd assume like thirty, mm. but geez, I don't think I'm going to come at fifty. Yeah, um, I mean, you might be able to pick it up cheap physically uh, for oh, PS4 or something like that, but yeah, PC, uh, your only way to buy it on PC was through the Blizzard store hmm. that I yeah. could find anyway. Give, give it enough time, and you'll be able to get it cheaper because they'll end yeah. up doing what they did with the Taken King, which is releasing. Um, the base game, take, the, the Taken King, and well, they they do Ford. have a version like that as well um, available. But of course, they're now, that's like ninety bucks. But of course, they're now going to sting us for um, the what I'm going to refer to as the anal pass uh, yeah. rather than the annual pass because um, that's where we're taking it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, my my uh, and this is just an ongoing issue I have with them as a company at this point mm. is that. Um, we've been through all of this before. We went through this with the original Destiny. They ended up uh, making drastic changes and then pushing out a rushed, stripped-down product mm. and, and um, two expansions that really were an embarrassment in the, the paucity of their content. And then the, the, the Jesus expansion that fixed everything and that, that's, it's, now it's fantastic. And you look back and see how much you spent on, on D1 and you're going, mm. yeah. The, for finally getting a game that's that's good and has makes sense and has got content, this has actually been pretty expensive. And then for D2, last minute retooling, push out a product that are they going to do this for D3 as well? Because quite oh, frankly, to be I'm, honest, I would not, not be surprised. I'm not interested um, in this ridiculous game of theirs anymore. Yeah. No, I wouldn't, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they did do it again for D3. If they what? do a D3, I don't know if they will or not. But There's mm. there's something problematic in the way their company is, is managed or operated. Mm. And, yeah, fool well, me once, shame shame on you. Fool me twice, and that's that's entirely on me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that big an idiot. I'm not saying you are. If, mm. if anyone who enjoys Destiny and feels that they're getting value for money, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm being taken for a complete sucker, and that may just be my perspective. Oh, you've pulled yep. me back off uh, the fence. Oh, sorry. Yep. <laughs> and we're going to call yeah, the episode "Ben's an Idiot." I think we'll do that as well. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> that's fine. It's that's 100 fine. I actually won't argue with that. Um, I yeah, I literally caved the day before it came out to buy it. <laughs> um, David, because we all have our. Own- I've got people within the eight bit community and things like that that are. Um, yeah, all, all buying it and getting it, and getting excited for it. And they said, come on, you've got to jump in. So I got dragged into it. And I was like, actually, no, this is pretty good. New Gambit mode. Um, 
They did do a Gambit free, because Gambit you have to have by Forsaken. They did do a Gambit trial mode recently. So if you want to just try it, just keep an eye out for when they do a trial mode for the people that haven't bought Forsaken. Um, and you'll be able to pick it up. I mean, Destiny 2 was just recently for free for, on PlayStation 4 with PS Plus as well. Um, yeah. So there there are ways to, to invest or to try the game out, the new mechanics out cheaper. Mm. Um, by the time you're listening to this, it won't be free on PS Plus. Oh, you might have a couple of days. I think PS Plus changes on Wednesday the 3rd of October to the October releases. So you might have a few days after this release, after that time... You might be shit out of luck, but D2 is free on PlayStation Plus at the moment. There you go. All right. Um, we're powering through this what we've been playing bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sorry. That's the thing as well. We can't be too hard on Ben because everyone has their weakness. Everyone has their own candy crush. Yeah, that's very true. Now, that's a good mm. segue. Although um, I am still proud. I had um, someone in my family ask me today. It was a, a child that I just had playing a, a bit of Candy Crush and he said how much money have you spent on this and I said I'm damn proud to say I've never spent a cent on it so it doesn't excuse it but at least I haven't forked out any money for it yeah could be worse could have been Fortnite <laughs> yeah that's right um, I've bought us that goddamn game yes yeah. um, anyway so I've been playing all the usually exciting ones besides Candy Crush. So, wow. Although I, I think I said last episode, I'm really distressed from the point. I'm not finding it exciting enough. I haven't progressed to level 112 yet. I've still got a massive amount of playing to do that game. I just tend to not have a lot of time. I go, I've got 10 minutes now and I'll play StarCraft 2 for 10 minutes because I can. Whereas, wow, it's just not easy to do just 10 minutes. So, but a little bit of wow, a lot of StarCraft 2. Uh, and then mostly mobile games. Um, Nimblebit, which uh, a great little company. I've started playing their game Pocket Planes again because I just love oh, it to bits. That's a great little game. It's a great. I just wish they would release a second one or whatever. They've done nothing with it. They don't. You know, they barely support it anymore. Um, I just wish mm. they would do something to update because yeah, it's a very addictive little game. Get Pocket Death Star as well. Oh really? Oh yeah. I'll have to have a look into that one. Cool. There was a tiny Death Star as well where you like managed that's the Death what it, Star. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. called. Oh, yeah. Okay. I used to have that, man. I, I loved that game. That was so much fun. Yeah, all right. I'll check that out as well. So, yeah, that's it for me. Nothing exciting whatsoever. Uh, and maybe going to buy hmm. Forsaken tonight after I finish this. Um, this is for all our older gamers. One of the reasons I haven't played much is I've got a sore thumb. And Aww. it's hard to play a PlayStation 4 or do much like that with a sore thumb. So that's one of the reasons I haven't played much. Well, if you had an Xbox, you could buy one of those differently able controllers. Mm. In those super that's cool boxes. Mm. Yep, good point. Um, all right, so we're... Well, we use a mouse and keyboard. It seems we've got mouse and keyboard support now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I like thinking. I should just play WoW on my, my computer. But... Um, <laughs> So let's move into some other news then. We've only got about 19 points. Um, so big one, obviously, um, this month of September was Telltale Games closing down. So, um, and it was just a little bit sudden. Who wants to talk to that one? Um, yeah, uh, well, basically... The way I understand it is, I think it was on the, it was last weekend. It was probably 
it was Friday the 21st uh, over in, um, I think they're based in San Diego. I can't recall. They're, they're, in, they're in California. No, I think they're in the Bay Area. Because they're in the uh, Bay Area. One of the comments yeah, made from... by employees is just how damn expensive it is to live there, and a lot of them have been living paycheck. Oh, yeah, that's off the top of my head. Yeah. It's like San Rafael in California. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, uh, Friday the 21st, uh, I think the staff all got pulled into a meeting. Uh, it was announced, basically, the company was being closed down. Uh, majority of them have been let go. They've left behind a skeleton crew of 25 staff to finish off a couple of my, uh, projects um, that they've got funded so far. But uh, it's basically finishing off works and uh, everyone else, you're you dismissed. Uh, thanks for coming. And that was it. That was pretty much it. Um, no severance pays. Um, just everything, basically. Uh there was, and the really strange thing about it, and this is how much of a shock it was for so many people, is they literally had, I think it was one or two new hires. There was a guy that started on the uh, 17th, Monday the 17th. He moved across country to start work there yeah. on the 17th of September. And then that Friday, he's told, oh, yeah, you haven't got a job. The company's closing down. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, minutes to get out, basically. Yeah. And that was the other thing. They were all given minutes to get out. Uh, there was people that were always working overtime unpaid for to meet deadlines and things like these. And now they're not even going to get all their annual leave paid out or their severance packages or anything like that. Um, it is an absolute disaster of a way for the company to end. Um, yeah. I. you guys have anything else to add on that? Uh, you, well, because it, it kind of feeds into the, the next line item we've got as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, well, obviously, uh, thoughts go with them. I mean, this, it's mm. just a horrendous situation for anyone to be caught. I mean, let's just take a couple of seconds and how would you feel if that happened to you tomorrow? Yeah. A, a lot of us do live paycheck to paycheck. And uh, of course, being American, they're, uh, their medical uh, coverage mm. oh, at the end of the month. That was the other thing. Yeah. They were yeah. given nine days worth of medical of insurance. Yeah. And and that's it. So they really they've they've got no no income, no severance. Um, we don't even know if they made that month's payroll at this point. So it's they really have completely mm. screwed over their stuff. There's best I know what happened was they They've been sailing fairly close to the wind for a while now because they, they've yeah. expanded and kept churning out basically products the same, uh, much cookie-cutter products, essentially, mm. you know, just relying on the same wobbly engine um, mm -hmm. and uh, the same formula. And they hadn't really, hadn't really diversified or expanded into other areas. And they had a couple of companies, I think, who were in talks with them who were going to uh, provide additional funding and uh, just keep the company ticking over and um, buy into um, a new project. And then one of those companies suddenly pulled out and then the other one pulled out like a 24 hours, 48 hours later. Mm. And at that point, they the company, they were relying on that. The, the employees had been led to believe that 
those deals were pretty much done. It was just the formality of signing on a piece of paper. Fortunately, that wasn't the case. And at that point, the company, as well, at least as what they've communicated, is they uh, simply didn't know, did not have the funds to continue and they had to shutter everything because they had a restructure oh, a few months ago, I think it was, where they laid uh, off. There was a downsizing in November of last year, I think it was. Yeah, and I think it was nine, like just after PAX or something. Yes, so there's there were warning signs, but no one realised it was quite this dire. Mm. And um, David, do you have anything to add? No, just it's horrific, and um, they're they're up for penalties, as you've mentioned about the being sued by some employees for not giving them adequate warning. It'll be interesting to see how that mm-hmm. plays out. Um, yeah. they, apparently they can claim unforeseen circumstances, but geez, with everything in the public domain about a lot of this stuff, it'll be interesting them trying to prove unforeseen. Yeah. Well, That's yes, there, there is that. And the other thing is the, uh, they're being brought to trial or the, the, um, the case is being brought in California. Mm. The federal law has that provision in it. The Californian version of the Warren Act does not. So it depends whether it goes through um, California courts, mm, California federal court, or whether it goes um, goes to the the national one. But either way, uh, I don't think they've got much of a leg to stand on. Not that any of us are um, uh, pretend that we've got all the information. No, um, no. nor that we're any any kind of experts. Um, but on the face of it, you'd be hard pressed to say that they've got any kind of leg to stand on here because it's, mm. it's yeah. pretty horrible um it's it's a you, filthy, filthy act and a, a comp- total incompetence of the management management mm. people who management are supposed to be responsible for their employees you're supposed to employees give you give you their their labor and their efforts and their talents and in return for that you reciprocate with financial compensation and mm other support mechanisms and it's a total dereliction of duty mm-hmm. yep absolutely so i mean fingers crossed if some miracle occurs but it doesn't seem to me like that's yeah. going to happen yeah um yeah all i know is there was ubisoft because there's an ubisoft in the san fran bay area or wherever it is that they're based and they yeah. actually reached out and said uh, hey, we're going to this place. Uh, if you guys, any Telltale staff, please come along. Ubisoft is shouting. We will have dinner and talk and discuss potential employment opportunities. Um, and I think there's quite a lot of other, because in that area, especially if it is, you did say San Rafael or something like that. That's near the Bay Area, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, in that Bay Area, there is a lot of developers and studios and things already. Um, so hopefully, um, oh, a lot of these staff land on their feet. Yes, he's hoping. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right, and something slightly cheerier, I suppose. Um, two new mini consoles, the Neo Geo and the PlayStation. So um, maybe if you want to talk about One Edge, the Neo Geo fell in one of my gaming black holes sort of released around 1990. I didn't have any money and was at uni, so never had anything to do with the Neo Geo, but... Um, I don't know whether either of you guys did, Simon. 
Uh, I was aware of it, but and always thought it really liked the look of the console. But <laughs> no, this I did. I didn't know anyone rich enough to own such a piece. Oh, of so they're really pricey too, were they at the time? Oh, massively. Yeah. So you were probably better off. Uh, you probably got better off with the the MVS than the AES. Okay. Uh, the the M. Sorry, um, and I'm not even sure I've got that acronym right. Yeah, you have. I have. Oh, okay. Um, one one is basically the the motherboard that went into the consoles and the cartridges were cheaper, but they weren't available to the public. And the AES was the the consolized version of the hardware, which was I think the, each cartridge was like a couple of hundred bucks. And this oh, is back God, in, really? the, in the 90s. They were phenomenally expensive and most <laughs> awful lot of fighting games. So, mm. yeah. Having Apparently these things, it was only initially available to rent. To commercial establishments such as hotel chains, and then when it indicated that people were willing to buy a console version, yeah, US six fifty, which was an enormous amount of money in nineteen ninety. Oh yeah, that's massive. Yeah, they were phenomenally expensive. They were the Rolls Royce mm. of games, if that was the sort of game that you wanted. But yeah, it was a real prestige item. Yeah, um, and the the controllers were awesome because they were like like arcade sticks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, they they were arcade sticks. They were they were full on um, clicky uh, micro switches. Mm. So you know, there's it was it was good quality kit. It was just ex- prohibitively expensive. And um, well, I, I've never even seen one. Um, granted, I was quite young when they came out, but I never I'd never even seen one in person. No, I don't think I have either. I've only ever seen pictures. I don't think I've ever seen one or touched one. No, definitely not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they were always a bit of a niche player, um, mm. SNK. They, mm. they were well – like like Sega, they were well known in the arcades. Um, you know, they were, they were a big deal in that regard. But for the home console, the, the SNK machine never really – it wasn't a big seller. But it's sold enough. Yeah, well, at that price, I'm not really that surprised. No. Yeah. And then they brought out the um, was it the Neo Geo Pocket, I think, which yeah, was uh, a little a little handheld. I think there's a CD version as well. And then the, I think SNK ended up kind of falling over and became uh, their assets ended up getting bought out by a company that I I think the Founder ended up creating a company called Playmore, and then they ended up buying the SNK assets and IPs, and that then that's what they are now. I think SNK Playmore, and they did release something called, and it was a bit of a bone of contention amongst purists, but there was a um, a licensed, a proper licensed SNK Neo Geo Pocket called the is it the Gold X, I think it was, and it came with a a replica joystick again with the the clicky micro switches in the in the uh, in mm. the controller. It was, but there's a lot of complaints because especially on the initial release, they did get updated and it was better, but uh, it didn't properly because it, it was all done through emulation. It didn't properly render the games and the some of the the sound was a little bit off. It it wasn't perfect. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, they got kind of 
SNK ordered us ordered a cease and desist on it. Um, I actually have one. I think it's I think it's fine. But then again, I wasn't aware. I'm not au fait with the original game, so I've got mm. nothing to compare it. To. So for me, it seems to work fine. It's it's crooky. It, it it's a little odd in the way it's designed, but seems to do the job. And so the SNK Neo Geo Mini console. Now we're actually finally gotten around to talking about the thing we're talking about. Um, has been released, and I think people were expecting great things from it. Great things from it, because SNK, they're not going to make the same mistake twice. They're going to release something that's absolutely 100% spot on. Mm. But no. But not quite, no. Nah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what, where the excitement's coming from, to be honest. It's... I, it's barely even on my radar, and like I mean, I knew it was coming. I knew it'd been announced and things like that, but I was like, um, just zero interest, really. Um, I mean, the basic yeah. mistake to me is that given how renowned the controller and the joystick were for being, you know, the Switch-based one, to actually put out mm. just a shitty normal three hundred and sixty degree joystick yeah. is a bit bizarre on its own. Yeah, it seems to be a a bit of a spongy uh, analog nub, although you can buy additional controls, but again, there's no micro switches in that either. And that's Mm. a really big deal because even the uh, the derided um, Gold X or whatever the hell it's called, uh, Mm. the the handheld console part of it, really nice clickies, very much like the, uh, the Neo Geo Pocket Portable, whatever the hell that thing was called. Um, so, I mean, they at least got that part of it right. The, the controller and the, the tactile response of it was very much how it should be. On this one, they've got the quite a nice display, although, yes, it is quite small, but you can plug it into a TV, I think. Um, but So they got the screen right, but they seem to have shortchanged the controller and they've, they've rearranged the buttons, which is even more confusing. Yeah, just see, the more and more you, you talk about this controller, I'm just sitting here going, who is this for? I, well, I don't know. People who want something to sit on their desk, I guess, mm. and someone... Well, yeah, it's it's going to do that, but then... But, well, yeah. actually, no, to be fair, and I, I've had a few t- conversations, and we're going to start talking about the PlayStation Mini in a, in a little bit as well, but most people that I know that have the Super Nintendo Mini and the... Ne- uh, the NES Mini, the Nintendo Entertainment System Mini, um, they're all uh, shelf items. They're all, yeah, they literally just sit on the shelves. They're just collector's items. They're not actually being used. I mean, I played my SNES Mini a little while for a little while, but it's sitting underneath the uh, um, underneath the TV, just gathering dust. Really, it's. Yeah, uh, so I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah, you're right. It, it is a. It is a. Uh, it's it's a collector's item. It's it's a shelf piece. It's sitting there to look pretty. Um, it's disappointing that the controller is not going to be identical, looks wise even, to the original. Well, that's that's or, pretty disappointing. Or even have the same feedback. But but the weird thing is, there's a bit like the um, a bit like the SNES. Uh, mm. It's the the four buttons. Um, they're in the US, I know they're sort of like a, a mauve and a pale mauve. Yeah. But here, they're 
um, the four prime, well, the green, red, yellow, and blue. Yeah, yeah, which and, is what it was when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, and then that's what it is for for the the PAL regions anyway. And mm. I think probably Japan, and they got that the the sort of the boxy one in the US. Yeah. Uh, so if or if you just think about it in terms of uh, your Xbox or your PlayStation, imagine um, someone brings out in five years brings out a retro one of those, and the controllers have got the the uh, circle, triangle, square, and cross buttons on there, but they're in all the different positions. Yeah. And that's yeah, what they're and you're going, oh, well, yeah, okay, you get used to it, but this is supposed to be this is supposed to be it's a, supposed to be a replica. Yeah, a cool callback to something which, well, let's face it, most people never even got to touch. Yeah. And now they, they get to play on a, a tiny screen with a control. It's not gonna make any difference to people who have never played it before, I suppose. The fact that the, all the the configuration's completely screwed mm-hmm. up. But anyone who does have any fond memories is going to be completely thrown. Yeah. It's still, yeah. Why? Why would you mm-hmm. do that? Speaking of replica controllers, have you picked up a Duke? Yes. What do you think of the re-release of the Duke? I like it. it you like um, it? Yeah, it it feels it feels very much like the the original one. Um, I could probably do with a, a like a, a way of turning off the little animation under the under the dome every time mm. you push it to to go back to the home screen. Yeah. But, yeah. It it feels about right. It feels responsive. The uh, the little plug-in cable has got a, a good deep recess to sit mm. in, so you're not going to end up uh, accidentally jerking it and then you know sort of twisting the cable because it's it's physically locked yeah, in yeah. the enclosure. Oh, that's good yeah. to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've eyed them off a few times at uh, EB. I've been wondering if I should invest in one because i think it'd be you know it's kind of cool to have i I like the duke controller uh for those that don't know the duke is the original xbox uh controller that was the size of a dinner plate (laughs) not quite that bad (laughs) it was pretty bad but um, well i suppose it depends on it depends on the size of your hands i i picked that up one of the things i never liked about the the uh the dual shock or the the control of the ps2 uh, I never got to touch a PS1's controllers until quite recently. And they always felt tiny and toy-like. Yeah. And the Duke, by contrast, I found very comfortable in the hand and everything positioned in about the right place. So presumably whoever designed it must have had hands the same size as me. Yeah. yeah. See, it's fine. I can't because I like PlayStation was like as I was going through my – Early to late teenage years, uh, was PlayStation. So the controller size didn't really matter because my hands were still growing, um, yeah. my body was still growing. Um, so, and then when PlayStation Two, I'd already adjusted to it. I was used to it. Uh, but then when I I moved over to 360 for the generation following that, and I got used to that size controller because the Xbox 360, despite the the D pad was a fantastic controller. It was a really solid, good size. Everything felt comfortable on it. Um, yeah. But then going back to playing on PlayStation 3 when I would go around to a friend's place or something, I just hated it. It was tiny. It felt like cheap plastic, and you could just snap it with your fingers. Um, so thank God the PS4 controller is being redesigned as it's much a, as it has been. It's such an improvement. It's a, it's mm. a really good controller now. I don't know yeah. why it's so long. I couldn't tell you. That PlayStation 3 controller was fucking garbage. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, uh, but speaking on this, the PlayStation side, I think PlayStation Mini has also been announced. They haven't mm. announced all the games. I think they announced, what, five? Final oh, Fantasy VII oh, yeah. being one of them, but I dare say Metal Gear Solid would be pretty much confirmed because that's 99% of people I know, that's their number one game on the PlayStation. Yeah, but of course they're going to have to deal with Konami. Yeah, that's the only issue there, obviously. But I, that's if it's got Metal Gear Solid on it, I'd probably pick it up. Unless there's a remastered version of it somewhere, but Konami wouldn't do that, so. No, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but have you played games of that vintage recently? Yeah, yeah, no, I have played some recently. I mean, SNES Mini is probably the most recent example of that. Some of them were garb, some of them do not hold up, but then some of them, you know, they still do play really well you play like super mario brothers 3 or um haven't really you 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 spot on i haven't played anything probably from that late 90s period but a lot of those vintage sort of retro games some of them hold up really well some of them you go back and play them they're crap yeah because i've had a because i do have a a um a a original playstation and um had a bit of a a go on just because I want it's really just to sit on the shelf. I have to admit yeah. it's, it's not because I particularly wanted to, to play it. Although I do have a couple of games and I did have a crack with the original tomb Raider. Oh, that would have been rough. Oh, my friends. It is a truly I, special experience playing that yeah. 2018. Mm. Uh, I doubt that one held up very well. <laughs> Nope. And that's one of the things that concerns me about this because, um, mm. you know, pixel art and retro and, you know, Castlevania and Metroid clones and all that sort of stuff, that, that it's still very popular, especially in the indie market. And there's some really good mm. games there with some really beautiful pixel art. And that's where things like um, not so much the NES, but the, the SNES definitely yeah. comes to their own. And they, they work because it kind of still fits within our current paradigm. Yep. Uh, early, I said, I was going to say ugly polygonal, but um, early, early games, early 3D games. Um, mm. I'm not sure that they are going to hold up as well. Assuming nah. anyone gives a damn about what is released on there and if, whether they're just buying, spending 150 bucks because they want a cute little PS1, uh, I can't call it a PS1, and a cute little original PlayStation sit on yeah. the show well, there are people out there that are doing that uh, uh, that's literally what they're doing it for yeah because that's a lot of money for a for a little do do hickey to sit mm. on your show. yeah yeah i think yeah i think metal gear solid pretty much be the only game on there i'd want to play maybe resident evil 2 if it was on there but we're getting a remaster re-release of that soon anyway so yeah i can't think of much else i'd want on there Oh, you're right. probably better just picking up a PSP. Hmm. Yeah. And speaking of PlayStation, PlayStation Crossplay. Yay. Hell must have frozen over. Yeah. <laughs> it really must have. Like, holy crap. Um, when I saw this, uh, I was really taken aback. I did not expect to see this this year let alone at all um obviously they they they're, they're going to bring about cross play and 
they're doing it in a very unique way where they're doing it as a beta test first where they're enabling it for Fortnite, mm. and then they're going to go see how it goes from there um yeah i don't i mean i i, I guess they must have noticed an, a sheer drop in numbers uh, there must have been some sort of drop in numbers anyway in terms of Fortnite, at least uh due to the whole crossplay fiasco uh, fiasco since the release on the switch um because there are several people and quite several uh quite notable people within the industry as well uh greg miller probably one of the biggest playstation advocates there is out there in terms of games media uh even he said yep i don't play Fortnite on my playstation anymore i play it on my switch and when i go home and i want to play it on the big screen tv i use my xbox because I can take my account then between the two and everything like that, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think that there must have been something financially to drive this. I don't think they're doing it for the gamers. Oh, no. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hey, it's a good thing. Uh, it's great for those kids that are playing Fortnite and want to play with more of their friends. Uh, that game is still ridiculously popular i don't get why it's so popular it's really not that good a game um i have played it i have played several matches of it i won several matches of it as well so you don't turn around and say oh you just suck but um yeah it's not the best game um it's literally is and, and you know uh, as someone that's against the media beating up video games as much as they do, and they have done a lot, especially with the whole Fortnite uh, hype this year. Um, I do agree in that this game is pretty much like... Um, what's a good example? It, it's it's like looking at pokies for kids, basically, the, the way that they look at it. I don't think they understand it. And majority of people in the gaming industry, or the gaming community, I should say, not the industry, uh, do probably not notice that um but i mean if you sit back and you think about it uh that game has had a massive effect on kids whether we like it or not mm. absolutely mm. yeah i i must have i'm a little uncertain as to exactly what's fueled this uh, i mean um sean layton has opened his yapper again um, to, mm. to spout the usual corporate drivel. Um, and it's, I find it kind of uh, amusing because uh, Larry Herb, Major Nelson, who's uh, the, the P Xbox PR guy for Microsoft, uh, quite famously made a, a comment about, oh, we can't just uh, connect, connect is um, integral to the system. We can't just flick a switch and, and turn it off. And then, of course, the engineers basically did the software equivalent <laughs> of flicking a switch and turned it off. No way. Uh, yes, we can. And now, look, these are resources you've, get, you've now got for the rest of the console. And and now we've got um, this idiot boy, Leighton, doing exactly the same thing. So, I mean, both companies are as bad as each other in this regard. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. They just lie teeth to you. Yeah. And it's, oh, we, we, it's not like we can just flick a switch. Good choice of words there, Sean. Um, funny that mm. Epic Games, what was it, last year, flicked a switch and accidentally. Um, yeah. Crossplay available for PlayStation and Xbox before they flicked the switch back again and uh, and turned it off. Yeah, was didn't so, they do it accidentally on Rocket League at one point as well? Yes, they did. 
Yeah. Uh, is whether they do anything for any uh, any games, you know, have a beta uh, for mm. this, um, for anything other than Fortnite. I'm extremely dubious, considering their previous stance and mm. um, what their, was it their CEO? I don't even remember his name now. Um, yeah. To be honest, the only one that I want them to, well, the only one I expect them to do it is Rocket League. Um, but I want them to do not so much cross-play, more cross-progression. I want to transfer my Destiny character from PS4 to PC, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, they might do. They might do this generation. This could mm. just be a holding action. So uh, so the appearance of movement where yep. there's really any movement at all or very little movement. And I don't know if this is a holding action because they're, they ha I have heard rumors that they're looking at, well, they're going to be doing a big upgrade to um, the PlayStation Network, which it's been oh, long overdue. Of. Um, oh. So, yeah, I mean, they really, if before the PS5 comes out, they've desperately got to do something about network stability, speed, and, uh, and just the general durability and also just the, the stuff that's behind there, the fact that you still can't change um, your your name. And mm. and we know why that is. And that is because... Archaic the, design, they haven't updated it. Yeah, an archaic design and all, all of your account details are basically linked to your account name. Yeah. So they can't, act, they can't unpick mm. something that foundational. And they, they don't have... Uh, Microsoft's big advantage, which of course is the uh, is the um, uh, the Azure network, which mm -hmm. is basically uh, competitive well, to Amazon. Yeah, and true. But also, if you look at the Microsoft side of things, in that with the uh, Xbox Live when they brought it about back in two thousand and I want to say three. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, uh, with the original Xbox, like they just got it right from word go. Yeah, um, and that it, it's, it's constant. It's never really had too many speed bumps in terms of an online network no no not certainly not by comparison it's been remarkably mm. stable and obviously they're leveraging off off one of their core businesses so that makes yeah. sense and sony's got nothing like nothing. that no so no they, yeah they need to behind the eight ball from day one we won't even talk about nintendo let's not yeah. <laughs> oh god well, let's talk well, i about suppose that. we should mention a little bit with the nintendo online service launching was last week yeah yeah, I mean, thirty bucks for a year—it's not terrible, I guess. Um, it's better than paying the six dollars a month. I think it—I think it was. Oh yes. Uh, the other thing though was um, the cloud saves. They did clarify a little bit on the cloud save stuff with the Nintendo Switch stuff. Uh, if you let your subscription lapse, they will hang on to your cloud saves uh, for a period of up to six months. Yes. Once that six months is passed, they will then be deleted. Unless you reactivate, you know, your subscription, then you can access them again, um, and that'll reset the timer, which is pretty much on par with exactly what Sony's doing at the moment in terms yeah. of cloud saves. That is. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to, to be fair to Nintendo, it's probably their network's probably running on a couple of four eight sixes in Iwata's old office. So. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I. I mean, playing multiplayer Mario Kart, even Mario Tennis Aces, uh, anytime on the Switch prior to this paid network. I don't know if either of you guys tried doing that, but holy shit, it was not it was not stable at all. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, when when Smash comes out and that 
paid network is not stable, oh boy, is there going to be hell to pay. So I haven't tried the paid network. I don't know anyone personally that has paid for it uh, or I haven't talked to anyone that has paid for it. But if you're listening to this and you have paid for it, please let us know. Mm. Tell us how it actually is holding up um, now that it is live. I'd be keen to know. Is it worth my investment? I've already got subscriptions for everything else. Might as well get one in there too. That's right. Is it worth saves? That's all. Yeah. I would would give it six months that it's settled in. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, speaking of people that might still be listening to us, let's do some pop culture stuff. So movies, TV. Um, Sure. I just noticed um, X-Men Dark Phoenix trailer was released in the last day. Watched it, was impressed. I thought, oh... And it's because I, I, I don't know about you, but I just totally lost track of the X-Men movies. It's like the actual comic books, trying to keep track of them is nearly impossible. Um, yeah. And it's just, by, you know, it's a partial reboot. Part of the story's already been done, looked good, but I can see it being another mm. flop. Um, I don't know about this one being a flop. I think the last one was just because it was really badly done with Apocalypse. But uh, this one, I don't know. There's something about that trailer that looks like they might have got some stuff right this time. Hopefully. Um, I think they've learned from their mistakes in Apocalypse. The question is still going to be is can Sophie Turner do an American accent finally? Uh, she's had a couple of years to try and get it down, so hopefully she can. Uh, she looks great as Phoenix and Jean mm. Grey, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. As long as she doesn't open her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to work on her accents. Uh, yeah. In saying that, uh, it also the film actually got also got delayed as part of the announcements yes. with the trailer and everything as well. Uh, so that's June, like I think three. Yeah, there's three movies that they've reshuffled now. New Mutants being the other one, which I think we we're expecting originally around this time of year, even or leading up into this Christmas, but it's been pushed back to next year. Um, New Mut- Mutants is the one I'm actually really keen to see. That's oh, the one that God, looks yeah. really. The most interesting. I'm just hoping they replicate the comics. Yeah, I mean, we're not a comics mm. podcast, but that was the comic. Being a teenager myself when it came out, that I just worshipped the hell out of that series. I've still got them from number one to about eighty. Yeah, for me, it was the '92 X Men animated series, and that theme song. Ah, oh, just perfect. Those were the days. Mm. It and Spider Man. They were the two cartoons of the day. Speaking of um, iconic, um, before we do some other Marvel stuff, um, talk to us. I assume this is you, Simon. Talked about the Orville, and I know you've mentioned it before. So I've I've seen the SBS ads constantly, which makes me want to watch it. So, as a total ignoramus on this and many other things, is it like a Star Trek spoof? Am I close? Um, yeah, kind of. It's. Kind of a spoof and it's kind of an homage. It's it's Seth MacFarlane's fan fiction. Um, oh, Seth is that MacFarlane, what that is? Yeah. Seth MacFarlane oh. is a big Star Trek fan, so much so that he even had yeah, a couple is. of bit parts on Enterprise. Mm. Um, and Patrick Stewart is the voice of Bullock in uh, American Dad. Yes, yes. There's mm. there's there's been a long long running association. So it's it's an odd show in a lot of ways it's very much it it looks it's designed it's shot it's lit like star trek the next generation um down to just sort of 
let's say it's heavily inspired by um they've got um oh, i can never remember how to pronounce his name um brandon brand brandon brandon yes Marker? um he's i don't know yeah no that that sounds about right uh, but he was one of the one of the the showrunners and and lead writers on Next Gen and a, a few of the other shows. Um, so it's, I mean, you could you could say that some of the scripts are, again, inspired by some of uh, the, the more interesting scripts um, from some of those shows. But it's the thing it gets right. The thing it really captures is the kind of the warm warm fuzzy you used to get from watching um say uh an episode of star trek the next generation because they were always episodic so it starts it finishes reset for the next show whereas now of course everything's long form uh mm. story arcs multiple shows so it is very much a, a throwback in that regard cool. the thing that makes it a little bit different and in some ways a little dissonant is the humor um sometimes it just seems to kind of come out of nowhere and it just feels a bit out of place okay. other times it works really well so just be aware of that that said it's worth a look it's it's worth a watch it's they're they're very easy to to digest they're certainly a lot less in your face and con confrontational than um what's happening in the star trek uh, mm. now. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking for something that's, that's more like the old show with, um, with a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a message, a little bit more thoughtful, sorting through, working through the problem rather than just opening, opening fire and punching everything in the face, like discovery has a tendency to do. Okay. Then it might, you might find it, the Star Trek you're looking for rather than the Star Trek getting. All right. Mm. Cool. And I don't want to get into this in this episode, but I, I can't remember if it was in the last month or even the last three years that um, Patrick Stewart made an announcement that he's coming back. Yes. Yeah, he's, I think he's doing the next Star Trek film or something, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, it rings a bell. Something uh, like that. It's, um, it's a little... It's a little... Uh, it's a little ambiguous as to exactly how Picard's coming back. It's possible he may just be coming back as a, like a bookend. Right. So he, he maybe it's a, like Starfleet Academy and he's I think the, the headmaster. There was something about, no, there was something about, uh, cause the next Star Trek film was doing time travel and they were going to have Picard and Kirk meeting, uh, but it was going to be Patrick Stewart and Will Shatner meeting uh the current uh is it uh christopher pine i think is the current um captain kirk oh something along those lines yeah there was I, there was some rumor about that so don't quote me on it i might have misread something the time travel scenario there was a time travel scenario for star trek 4 which is basically dead now um oh. which which was going to be uh chris pine meeting his father who's chris hemsworth oh but, yes that was the other one i heard yeah, yeah. Because um, Paramount basically screwed up the marketing and because... Um, Hemsworth is ridiculously expensive now. <laughs> well, and, and Kurtzman and Orsi messed up um, Star Trek Into Darkness so badly and left such a... 
basically mm. Star Trek Into Darkness was for a lot of people the last Jedi. It it kind of did the same thing to the fra- that franchise as the last Jedi has done to Star Wars, mm. in that it just it turned a lot of people off. So beyond although it's a better movie in a lot of ways and really worth watching, had an absolutely appalling box office. So yeah. Star Trek Four has basically uh, also because there's some leg- legislative changes in China, which is stopping all of the Chinese foreign investment money coming in. Uh, Paramount basically has not been able to find enough cash to finance Star Trek four. And as meant, they could only offer the cast well a lot less money. So Hemsworth and Pine basically walked away from it. So there's no Kirk and there's no daddy Kirk. So yeah, yeah that one's dead in the water now. So uh, whatever Patrick mm. Stewart's doing is going to be, TV based, most likely, probably you're going to be appearing on CBS All Access, which of course means no one's going to watch the damn thing. Is that what's the one they've got on our Netflix at the moment, Discovery or something? Yeah, yeah, maybe it's that. Uh, no, it's not going to be on that. Ah, okay, anyway. uh, Star Trek, Star Trek, Trek Discovery is supposed to happen 10 15 years before Star Trek, the original series. Oh, there's time travel in Star- a lot of time travel in Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, you ne- you never know. I mean, I yeah. did see I did see the trailer for uh, Discovery season mm-hmm. two, and it's very uncomfortable because they appear to have decided that the best way that they can make it more appealing because CBS is having to pay for season two, whereas they managed to basically con Netflix into paying for season one. So mm. they really CBS really 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 need season two to work, and. Uh, they've they've seemed to have crowbarred in Orville style uh, Orville style gross out joke, and oh, just really? going. Do you people have any idea what you're doing, or are you just going to try and copy what you think is working for the other guys? Mm. Yeah. Well, just on the topic of Orville, before we move on, uh, season two has been uh, approved and is going to air with a I think it's a two hour premiere. I just read on December thirty in the states. So yes. Excellent. Yes. All right, that's, so uh, there's more coming after that first season, if you. Well, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's done pretty respectable numbers, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Cool. And then briefly back to Marvel, um, Daredevil season three trailer, the Kingpin's back. Um, I've totally gone off the Netflix Marvel series just for lack of time, but I'll probably make some time for Daredevil season three. Yeah, I have too. I did watch the first half of Jessica Jones season two. I probably should go back and watch it because i did really enjoy the first uh jessica jones um but luke cage i got they they need to do something about that character or that actor because he i don't know give him a shot of cocaine or something make him smile make Mm. him be cheery a little bit the guy is so depressing um and i have actually heard uh, a few people say the latest season of iron fist is pretty all right it's not bad like the first one was um i didn't hate the first one i actually kind of enjoyed watching it um but i understood why people had criticisms uh but this one they're saying is a lot better uh but yeah daredevil season three looks to be pretty cool uh daredevil season one's probably still arguably the best out of the uh, netflix marvel series and Kingpin as the bad guy was fantastic in that season. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with it when they bring him back uh, 
for this next season. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and one extreme to the other, speaking of criminals, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, season five. So I've only just started watching this. Um, I had someone in my family start to watch this. I've seen, I think, two episodes, but can totally oh. see the appeal of a great show. So, yeah, good to hear. It's fantastic. Five. Yeah, love it. Uh, yeah, so it's actually just got ring. Well, it got cancelled by Fox, even though it was like their most popular sitcom and that they had in years. Uh, it's been picked back up by NBC, so it is continuing with season six starting soon. Uh, so all five seasons now on uh, Netflix. So go check it out. It's yeah. yeah, hilarious. Yeah, good quality stuff. And most excited about this one, Big Mouth season two. So I know we talked about Big Mouth season one on at least mm-hmm. one episode. Um, top quality animated entertainment. Um, is that debuting on Netflix? Well, that's a Netflix original, isn't it, Big Mouth? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, can't wait for that. So, yeah, next Friday night uh, we can watch it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, any other recommendations before we finally wrap this one up? But, um, Simon, anything you wanted to add? Ooh. Uh, no, I must admit I haven't really been watching an awful lot. I watch far too many YouTube shows, and I think I got <laughs> drunk last night and ended up uh, – Supporting a few of them on Patreon. Deserving. Well, nice. Even just yeah. YouTube generally, I find I fall asleep and then wake up the next day and see this history of forty-eight clips that I actually never watched <laughs> that, that played while I fell asleep. Sometimes yeah. I just leave it on just to support the channels. I I cannot tell you how many if they ever if if there was ever a way to find out how many um, of Red Letter Media's clips I've I've uh, in, in air quotes watched. Because I've fallen asleep and it's just been playing yeah. <laughs> while I've been dozing. I'm hearing you. Yeah, yeah. I, I watch a lot of anime these days at the moment. So if it's not clips on YouTube, it's anime. Um, but yeah, if you haven't watched um, one, uh, sorry, My Hero Academia uh, seasons one and two just got released on Anime Lab. If you've got that, cool. So highly recommend it. And anime's anime's great because you just sit there sometimes going, what the how hell? how how is this even in your brain? What That's right. mm, what yeah. what happens to you as a child? If you get past the over dramatic exposition that there seems to be in every anime that ever has ever existed, um, the Japanese art of storytelling that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, you get past that, you, you're in for a fun ride. Um, so there's so many great ones out there. Yeah, there's a distinct lack of um, distinct lack of tentacles in um, in a lot of them, though. <laughs> there's also quite a lot of tentacles in other ones. Depends <laughs> <laughs> which website you go to. That's right. That's a good. That's a good point. All right, uh, that's a show, I think. Um, going, going, gone. I think we're gone. We're gone. All right. We're done. Have you hit the button? No, not yet. No, no, I haven't hit the button yet. No, I've got to do that. Oh, yeah, you know, that invigorating outro. You've got to do an outro. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this right, is that's the what thing the everyone waits for. All this yes. has just been filler to the outro. Yeah, everyone looks forward to the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, as always, we'd love to get your opinion, suggestions, or some general abuse. And as we asked for before, we'd love to know if you've uh, was it signed up to the switch. Plan. Oh yes, yeah. yes. I'd love to know. So let us know. Yeah. Feedback would be really interesting. 
And, and we're about a year since our last iTunes review, so I'd kill for an iTunes review if anyone would be so kind. That said, a lot of our regular listeners have already been very nice and done those, so it's not as if you can go yeah. back and do it again. Uh, but, yeah, do... Uh, con- try doing it again. Try doing try it again. Do so it you can again. do a second review. Yeah, give us a second review. That's right. Give us a year later review saying they've gotten worse. And That's you, what we want to hear. And if you go back <laughs> far enough, you can see Ben's review before he became a oh, co-host. <laughs> Um, when I was a, a perpetual suck up <laughs> that's right no it was good uh, so uh-huh. please feel free to email us at contact at oceanicgamer.com or visit our Facebook page The Oceanic Gamer um, you can also follow us on Twitter usual handles um, at The Oceanic Gamer Simon tweets under RPG Beats RL and Ben tweets under the Spawny with a Y13 and live streams on that same uh, no it's not the same sorry uh, twitch tv dot benny 8 bit A-T-E-B-I-T all the episodes are there on iTunes or at least the last 50 are and we're still on Stitcher Google Podcasts and Pocket Cast last time I checked yep. so thanks very much for listening and thanks as always Simon and Ben Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it, even if you are doing it at 1.5 or double speed. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried, that. I just can't. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having us and joining us again, David. I really do appreciate and jumping on these shows. Love it. And for those on double speed, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yes, thanks. It's, it's always a pleasure. Um, so have a mm. great week, and remember, mumbled acknowledgements and awkward pauses. Good night. The ability to speak does not make one intelligent.